Hi, my name is Ronnie Breyer, and this is the Monthly Safety Podcast for July of 2011. First, a little bit about me. I've been a Greyhound driver now for the past 20 years, been in the driver instructor program for the past six, and I currently drive out of Syracuse, New York. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome aboard. We've got a lot to talk about this month, so I'm going to go ahead and get right to it. First thing I wanted to talk about was logs. Uh, we've heard quite a bit about CSA 2010. We've seen several high-profile bus accidents, which we've talked about in the previous episodes, and that has led to increased enforcement, and as far as CSA goes, uh, increased penalties against both the carriers and the drivers. Uh, in the past, a lot of these uh, penalties went against the company, and now they're going both against the company and the driver individually. So it is quite a big deal. But really, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. When I came as a driver, we talked about the importance of logs and keeping your log up to date and turning in your log on time and all these good things, and nothing has really changed as far as I can tell. But I did want to uh, discuss, there was a memo issued by Myron Watkins, VP of Customer Experience, dated uh, June 22nd of 2011, and I'm going to go ahead and read from that, and then we'll talk about it. Over the last several months, we've been discussing the new CSA rules with you, included in CSA, are severe penalties for both drivers and the company regarding log violations. As the largest provider of bus service in the industry, Greyhound has the opportunity to distinguish itself under these rules. We know that we are without equal when it comes to safety in the transportation industry. We are proud of our record and all of the employees who contribute to that record. These rules are now being stringently enforced. We are finding that some drivers are not maintaining their logs as required by FMCSA regulations 395.5 and 395.8. Specifically, some drivers are not keeping their logs current. Points are being assessed against both drivers and the company. To be clear, if you are driving the bus on duty and have not logged up to the last change of duty status, you are in violation of federal regulations. In order to address this issue, you will hear and see many bulletins and messages from the company in the upcoming days. Instruction and information will be made available to anyone in need of such training from his or her supervisor. Additionally, the company has and will continue to take these violations very seriously. So that there is no confusion, we are restating the rule and expect immediate compliance by everyone involved. And the rule uh, says that the operators must comply with federal DOT regulations for logging as found in the FMCSA regulations 395.8. Operators who are found to be out of compliance with logging of their duty status will be subject to discipline. Operators who are found to be out of compliance in their logging their duty status by more than the current day, have a previous history of noncompliance, or have falsified their log, may be subject to immediate termination. Thank you for your attention to this matter. So, like I said, really nothing has changed. But uh, the fact is that we have to be careful, and you have to keep your log up to date at all times to your last change of duty status. So what does that mean? Well, one thing that you should do, if you haven't already done so, if you haven't been doing this, is to keep your log accessible. Don't have it buried in your bag and your bag is tucked away in the overhead compartment. Have that log out where you can get to it. And if you make a stop, if you change your duty status, you need to draw that line, write that location, keep your log current. Every time you change your duty status, you need to make an entry. Please don't wait until the end of your trip or the end of the day to do these things because at any point in time, Law enforcement and or supervision may ask to look at your log, and if it's not up to date, you've got a problem. So let's make sure that we keep that log up to date, and in order to do that, let's keep it accessible. One of the things that drivers sometimes do is they either log ahead or 
they wait until the end of the day to do their log. Both of these are not the correct way to do it. We need to make sure that we do our log as we go through the day. It's not a worksheet. We don't make a rough draft. So please keep it current. I'm going to give two quick examples of issues that we've seen. We've seen so many, but specific things that I know of. We had a driver that left New York uh, on a deadhead to Richmond, Virginia, and his log was showing that he was on duty. He was on protection. He had done a pre-trip. And when he left New York, he didn't uh, draw his log up to the driving line. So it had showed that he was still on duty. And he was uh, going down Interstate 95 in Maryland. There's a way station at the Susquehanna River. And the signs indicate that all vehicles over five tons have to go in, which certainly covers us. And when they looked at his log in there, it was determined that his log was not up to date because he was not driving. And that driver received an $80 fine. And that's, you know, a little unpleasant. I'm sure that the company would also take action. This happened a little while back before CSA came into effect. But, you know, the message is still the same. Your log needs to be up to date. And by not drawing a small little line in New York to show that it went from on-duty not driving to driving, this driver was not current and received a fine. The other one I wanted to give an example of was we had a driver in New England who, for whatever reason, um, when the DOT looked at his logs at a roadside inspection, his yellow copies that were in his book were blank. Now, I don't know exactly what happened, but when he was doing his log, I guess he didn't have the uh, cardboard flap in the correct place, and so his log wasn't completed in triplicate. And uh, in his book, the yellow copy that stays that shows what you've done uh, did not indicate anything. They were blank. And so, you know, he was in trouble there. Obviously, we had to go ahead and pull the copies uh, of his log out at the home location and try to reconstruct that. And that's points against both the company and the driver. We need to prevent things like this from happening. So again, please keep your log up to date. Obviously, your log should be neat and legible. The DOT says it should be in your own handwriting. Remember that it's a legal document and it's a serious thing. So let's take it seriously. Make sure that your logbook is with you at all times when you're on duty and that it's current. And obviously, we need to stay within the hours of service rules. So there is no reason that we should ever drive beyond 15 hours in a day or 70 hours in an eight-day period for those of us in the United States, and the rules are going to vary a little bit in Canada. We know that. So let's not uh, get in trouble on logs. It's a simple thing that we all learned how to do a long time ago, and we're just going to keep on doing that every day the same way. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, was summer driving. Next topic, uh, summer driving. It's July. It's, it's hot in most parts of the country. It's certainly hot in the Northeast. I'm sure it's hot in a lot of places, even, even in the great white north. We're seeing a little bit of heat which is nice. And with that uh, warm summer weather comes the summer driving season. We see more traffic on the road. We're seeing more campers and trailers. We're seeing people that are driving long distances that are not used to driving long distances. Uh, you may see cargo that's not secured properly. You may see trailers that uh, seem to be too heavy for the vehicle that's pulling them, these kinds of things. We need to be aware of these hazards on the road. Another thing we're going to see is a lot of road construction, and along with that goes detours. Sometimes a posted detour is very clear and easy to follow, and sometimes it's not. Oftentimes, we should check conditions before departing, and we can determine that we need to make a detour before we get ourselves out on the road. Check with supervision. Uh, a good example of that is right now my run goes uh, up into White River Junction, Vermont, from Boston, and there is a major construction project going on just north of Boston on Route 93 in Medford, Massachusetts, they're doing some major work. They're replacing bridges. And this is causing a lot of traffic headaches and tie-ups and 
backups and all kinds of stuff. And there are signs on the road from Miles encouraging you to check the internet, go to a specific website, see what the conditions are with recommendations for alternate routes and so on. So it's a good idea to keep abreast of these things. And that way you can avoid a lot of hassle. And you always want to check with your supervisor if you're not sure about, uh, you know, which is the proper route to take. But again, it's better to go with a little bit of knowledge than to go in blind into some of these work areas. Again, we've talked about in the past, obviously observe all your uh, rules in the work zones, the speed limits, and the proper lanes to be in. Don't change lanes when you're in a work area. Uh, be aware of workers. Be aware of other traffic. Uh, you know, be extra cautious when you're in and around work zones. You have to watch for construction vehicles as well that sometimes pull out into the road, travel very slowly, and may stop or turn unexpectedly. The other thing about the summer driving, of course, is that we've talked about is the heat. The weather itself, temperatures are high, and this can present some problems for us. The bus is just a mechanical thing. Things can break down. We need to do a good pre-trip to try to minimize the chances of being stuck on the side of the road. When you're doing your pre-trip, obviously, among other things, we want to make sure that we check our fluid levels and that we check the condition of our tires. And then we need to do that periodically on the road as well. When you make a stop somewhere, go ahead and walk around your bus, check your tires, look for anything obvious, fluids leaking, uh, any indications of excessive heat or smoke coming from the engine compartment or even from the drive wheels. Make sure that you do that, make safety stops. If you need to get out and walk around, go ahead and do that. Obviously, as a driver, you wanna keep yourself well hydrated. That'll help to minimize any type of fatigue that we see on the road. Uh, because the heat can be tough sitting in the front of that bus. There's a lot of uh, sunshine coming into your windshield, and the passengers may be as cool as can be, even telling you that it's too cool in the bus, and you're up there just baking if you're myself. So let's be careful with that. And obviously, because we're seeing more traffic volume on the road and more drivers out there and sometimes less lanes because of road work, make sure that you keep space around your bus at all times. This is an absolute must. You have to manage the space around your bus, and if you lose that space, you need to work to get it back so that we always have a good space cushion around us. The next topic that I wanted to talk about was safe turns. This is something that comes up because we're seeing a lot of uh, collisions that involve turns, and these collisions are all preventable. There's no question that a little bit of uh, corrective action before will help us to keep out of trouble when we're making a turn. So before we even get out on the road, we talked about the pre-trip in the last segment. We want to make sure that our mirrors are adjusted properly. Please don't just get in the seat and look at the mirrors and say they look about right, only to go down the road and have to continuously adjust your mirrors. I once heard a driver say that uh, there were two settings for mirrors, one for the city and one for the highway. Nothing could be further from the truth. We adjust our mirrors according to the standards. If you're not sure about that, check with your supervisor, check with the instructor at your location. Many drivers will adjust their mirror, specifically the right mirror, too low, which is great for making a turn, but it doesn't give you good visibility. So the way that we increase our visibility once the mirrors are adjusted correctly is to rock and roll. Move your body around. Stretch your neck. That way you can increase your visibility. It's good to keep, keep moving all the time and kind of exaggerate that a little bit, and it works in any vehicle, not just in the bus. So make sure that your mirrors are adjusted properly before you start to drive. Now we talk about turns, let's talk about right turns first, because that's where we have more problems, I think, uh, relative to things like off-tracking, and even tail swing is a problem too. Before you make a turn, any turn right or left, you need to position your bus correctly in order to make the turn successfully. So on a right turn, you want to position your bus, generally speaking, 
no more than four feet from the curb. And this will not allow someone to travel on the right side of your bus and get squeezed between your bus and the curb or a pole or a sign or something like that. So we need to position the bus no more than four feet from the curb. And then you want to check both mirrors before you make your turn. You need to know what's going on around your bus at all times. You want to check that right mirror because you're watching your off-tracking. And you want to check that left mirror because you're watching your tail swing. Because if something is within two feet or less of your bus, actually less than two feet, I should correct myself, there's a chance that the left side of that bus on a right turn could make contact with that vehicle or object or whatever it is. So we need to be aware of tail swing. Now, one of the things that we need to do that's really important when you're making any turn is to go slow. We should be going no more than three to five miles an hour. We should not be accelerating under most conditions. We shouldn't be using the accelerator until the bus is completely straight and you're out of the turn. We should be using push and pull steering only. We should not be turning with one hand and we should not be turning quickly. Use push and pull steering. Make sure that you rock and roll throughout the turn to check for pedestrians and fixed objects and all those kinds of good things. And again, you want to check that opposite mirror at least once halfway through the turn and at the completion of the turn. Check that opposite mirror so that we don't lose focus on the side we're turning on, but we're also aware of what's going on on the opposite side of our bus. We need to know that. Uh, now, when you're making a left turn, the positioning is a little bit different. If there is multiple turning lanes, we're always going to select the rightmost turning lane on a left turn and you're going to position your bus in the center of that turning lane. So we're keeping the traffic on our left. That's why we select that right turning lane so that your right side is effectively blocked and you're keeping the traffic on the left side because the left side is your strong side. You have much better visibility on the left side of that bus. So position yourself in the center of that uh, turning lane depending on the conditions, how many lanes there are to turn, whether it's one or multiple lanes. And for the most part, the turning technique is going to be about the same. The differences have to do with the points of contact. And what I mean by that is where your bus may make contact with a vehicle or an object as you go through the turn. So on a left turn, for example, uh, if there's somebody waiting at the stop line, the left side of your bus, probably in the center baggage bin, uh, may be a point of contact against the left front of that vehicle, just as an example. Whereas on a right turn, we see oftentimes the third baggage bin uh, just in front of the drive wheel uh, may make contact with a fixed object or a vehicle parked on the corner. So let's keep that in mind. Another thing that I wanted to talk about this month that really bugs me and that's increasingly a problem is distractions. What I mean by that are electronic devices, things like your phone, your iPod, your portable music player, um, even a GPS device is something that you should completely ignore while you're driving. First of all with a GPS device, I'll get into that in a second, but your phone your music player, this is something that you should not be fiddling with, you should not be looking at while you're driving, that should be out of sight, it should be turned off so that it can't distract you. You need to focus all of your attention on the task at hand, which is safely operating your coach. That requires all of your attention, and the same thing goes for paperwork. We shouldn't be trying to do paperwork when we stopped at a light. Believe it or not, when you're in stop traffic, you're in stop and go traffic, or even if you stopped at a traffic light, you have to pay just as much attention to what's going on as you do when you're moving at 60 or 65 miles per hour. There are just as many things going on and you don't want to get lulled into a false sense of security and thinking that everything is okay because you're moving slowly. Yes, we see lots of drivers that are in stop and go traffic that are reading and writing and eating and a whole host of activities, but these are things that we need to avoid. 
Uh, also, another thing you need to avoid is prolonged conversation with passengers. This can take your attention away from the road, and it can even make your passengers feel a little bit unsafe and insecure because your attention is being diverted to this conversation. Now, Rule G13 in the driver's rule book says, among other things, that we should refrain from having extended conversations with passengers and that we should not install any type of electronic device in the bus. And this includes most notably either a CB radio, uh, which we don't see that much right now, but certainly a GPS device. Many drivers feel that a portable GPS device is something that's effective or maybe they feel that it's a fun thing to do, I don't know. Whether it's on your phone or whether it's a standalone device, this is something that we should absolutely not be using while driving the bus. And there are several reasons, but of course the biggest thing is that it's something that you're going to be paying attention to as opposed to the road. In many states, um, this may fall under the same category as sending or receiving text messages. It's distracted driving. You need to be reading the road signs. You need to be reading your directions. You need to be focused on what's going on. And of course, we've talked about in the past that with a GPS device, it may in fact send you on a route where there are not proper clearances. You may be overweight. There may be a restriction on buses, all kinds of different things. So you have to be careful with that. It's funny. I mean, I digress for a second, but in my area, it seems that there are no shortage of trucks striking uh, bridges, uh, overhead bridges. It just seems to be going on continuously. It's almost laughable, but at the same time, it's not. It's a serious thing. Um, they can cause property damage. It can cause injuries. It can cause all kinds of issues. So we need to be paying attention. So no GPS. Stay away from your phone. Stay away from your music player. Don't do paperwork. And you need to avoid eating and drinking as well while you're driving. So let's try to do that and stay focused. So I think we've talked about uh, quite a bit this month, actually. It's been action-packed. Um, and just to sum up a little bit, uh, logs are a hot-button issue right now. We're seeing a lot of roadside inspections. So please make sure that your log is up-to-date, up to your last change of duty status. It's current. It's with you. And you're prepared when you come to work with your up-to-date driver's license, up-to-date DOT card, and that you've gotten your proper rest. If you don't feel rested, please don't come to work. Call OSC ahead of time and let them know that you need to book off, that you're fatigued, and you'll be coming back to work when you've gotten your rest and you're ready to come to work. Let's make sure that we do that. We talked about um, summer driving. We talked about road construction and congestion and detours uh, and different types of drivers on the road, what I like to call non-drivers, people that don't do a whole lot of driving are suddenly out there for a couple of hundred or more miles and they're not used to it. They may be pulling a trailer, and they may be pulling a trailer that their vehicle is not well-equipped to handle. So we need to be aware of these types of hazards. People have things tied to the roof um, and all kinds of good stuff. We talked about safe turns. Please slow down when you're making a turn before you start your trip. Make sure that your mirrors are properly adjusted. Use push-and-pull steering, rock and roll. And the key thing here is to go slowly when you're making a turn to avoid any type of collision hazard. The last thing we talked about was electronic distractions, things like cell phones, iPods, MP3 players, portable GPS devices, and obviously paperwork. We need to completely block these things out while we're driving the bus, put all our attention on the task at hand, and address these things when you're not driving. That's all I've got for this month. I want to thank you all for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again in August.